into the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. This is episode 71. I'm your host as always, Josh Roop. With me, my co-captain, Scott Larson. I almost did that backwards. I almost said, I'm your co-captain, Josh Roop, with your host as always. You could be the co-captain today. <laughs> Maybe I could be the host today. True. That, you know? that wouldn't be bad. And usually I'm the Ed McMahon to your Johnny Carson. Nah. <laughs> and uh, someone just messaged us today and they're like, well, how, how did you get rid of all 21 sponsors that you had? Yeah. Well, okay. So, so in fairness, we actually, we still are friends with all these people, but a lot of people said, you know, we just kind of fast forward past that stuff. So um, we are still, we're still willing to focus on people and to spotlight people. Um, still uh, love Brad from Lit Frames. And if you have a, a trance light you want to illuminate, uh, reach out to him. He and, and he lives near the Chicago area. So if you're heading out to Expo, I'm sure you can figure something out. Um, but as always, um, uh, flipping out pinball, if you're looking for that new machine. And I know it's hard to dig up supply right now. But uh, Zach and Nicole will always do their best to find that machine for you, uh, either a new new game or even that uh, that uh, Grail that you just haven't been able to find yourself. Uh, they also have a deal with Raw Thrill, so if you want to get that uh, Jurassic Park environmental, go ahead and buy that and put that in the garage. You don't need a car, uh, but uh, definitely check out Zach and Nicole. And uh, I also have a premium ordered, and we'll see when we get those in. So we're excited to uh, excited to get those out. Um, rumor has it they have they I know they've started shipping the LEs. Uh, pros are already out on location, and uh, they're mixing in a little bit of pros and premiums. So it's not just the standard run of pros and then the premiums at the end. I think that's a good move by Stern. So yeah. Well, but so the get, other problem I've heard too though is is uh, a bunch of premium stuff sitting on the dock out in the harbor and uh they're pushing back premiums already past the first of the year but i could be wrong it's all speculation but it doesn't surprise me i mean this is nothing new for anybody who lives in america is that uh there are stories about um cargo freights that are sitting off uh, of long beach and it this is the world we live in so uh, we're still dealing with shortages so if you are interested get on the list because that's the best way to make sure that you have one on order. You can't, it's harder to do an impulse buy in the today's day and age. Yes. It was nice. Even, was it even last year? It was the year before. I just call up Zach and be like, what you got in stock? Yeah, he what still you got? has stock. He still has, he has little, but he has stock. He has a few. I, I, I talked to him recently. He had uh, Avengers pros and I think he had some, um, he had some others too, but I, Avengers Pro is still a great game if you, yeah. if you want to get that and you can sneak that in at the early price. So anyway, good times. So uh, Josh, uh, Expo's coming up, but uh, let's talk about the, the news. What's coming up? You know, it's been a while since we've talked about the news. Um, we had our Keith Elwin episode. And then uh, before that, we pretty much had an episode dedicated to the reveal of Godzilla. And so before that was Joe Cam and Cal. So we really haven't talked news for a little yeah, bit. Not too much. So <laughs> And so I was going back over the stuff that we haven't really talked about. There's There was quite a handful of things that happened in the last month to month and a half. It's kind of crazy what has happened outside of even just Stern reveals, which, which is crazy because Stern revealed another pinball machine since we've talked about Godzilla which is crazy in my opinion. So, you know, it's not crazy. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we're obviously talking about the Jurassic park home pin edition that was designed, 
by Jack Danger and the people at Stern. So I'm sure he had some help there. But um, hey, it 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 looks fun, and it's I do find it funny, and people have brought this up that it's under the affordable pins, which by <laughs> you know, by inference says that our other pins aren't affordable. But uh, the bottom line is this is intended for a game room, like a home room. Um, it's, uh, I, I guess the target audience is the guy or the girl or the family who's making their, their family game room and they, they want a pool table and they want a, uh, a foosball table and they want a pinball machine and it's still pretty steep. It's still uh, in the 4,000 range, but it's still different than like a six or 8,000 or 9,000 game. Yeah. So th- there's, th- they are targeting that audience is what's going on. Do you think because people talk about how a Stern Pro five years ago, six years ago was about this price, the forty six hundred? Do you think the pin they're going to start producing more of those, and this is what's going to be the quote unquote pro option at this point, even though it's not part of a larger series of pinball machines or quarter store cornerstones? Well, okay, the by definition, I would say not the pro because pro um, implies, or at least the that implies that you can use it in a professional setting, right? So true. Yeah. And so th- by pro, I would say the definition of having a pro game would be a coin mech and an ability to put it on location to make money on it. Yeah. However, it has become a little more of that uh, entry level. And in the, you know, in the two thousands, there was all these cost cutting measures. I mean, you look at a lot of those games and, they were pretty sparse. I, I had an Iron Man and it was fun, but yeah. if you compare all the stuff on Iron Man versus what they're making now, even Tron, really, and Tron is a good game, but it's it's not as packed as what they have now. Yeah. So uh, this, uh, this is certainly in the era of, hey, if you want something that's a, that's a little more scaled back, then I don't, I, I don't like the term stripped down, but you can say scaled back because yeah. the, the game looks fun. I, I would yeah. say the game looks fun. What do you think? No, I agree. I think that this is very com- comparable to a 2000 Stern. It's everyone's complaining that the price is going up yet. Have you seen Sterns lately? They're pretty packed. So the only logical explanation is, is if you're going to compare them to a 2000 Stern, then you better put out a pinball machine. That's like a 2000 Stern. So here you go. Well, the the challenge too is I mean, there is inflation, um, yeah. And, and I, I, I'm gonna put the set the wayback machine um, to 1980 something. And when I was a kid and homesick and watched the Prices Right, every single car on the Prices Right was under ten thousand dollars. Yeah. And it it was a big deal when they brought out the one because it was ooh this is above a ten thousand dollar car sorry did i say pinned i I mean car so (laughs) every car was uh you know it was around seven to eight thousand dollars well you know the cars aren't that that price now so this is 40 years later well okay so but now cars i mean trucks typically are sixty seventy thousand dollars yeah so you're going to get inflation you're gonna get an elevation of prices and the bottom line is they are a business this isn't a charity and so Stern's going to target and find I'm sure they've done market research to find what people want. And yeah. if people are willing to spend a certain price for a certain product, then that's what they're going to uh, to tailor. 
So you, but you also have people who are, they're not really interested in a, you know, a, a, an over $10,000 machine, but they still want the experience of having a pinball machine. Well, and someone pointed out to me recently that, well, Woods went down, you know, Wood was a two by four by eight was almost 10 bucks six months ago. And now it's down to three fifty four dollars That's great. But the problem is, is I'm, I'm in the business of metal. I don't know if anyone knows that. And metal costs for me, uh, before it hits the customer has went up 125% in the last mm-hmm. four months. Yeah. And there's a lot of metal on a pinball machine. So just it, it's hard it's hard it, well uh, they have factories they have a, a giant assembly line they have designers they have I, there's research and development there's everything that goes into it and so for it to i don't know i actually think it's fine the the price i don't have a problem with it because if the price is too high i realized long ago that the mistake people make is assuming that their price point is the price point for everybody yeah because uh, I'm, I'm Josh. Do you own a Do you own a Tesla like an X with those fancy doors? Oh no, no. But I see them all over. Okay, it's not my car. I I I I, I as of yet have never purchased a hundred thousand dollar car. Um, <laughs> the most it's been is like around fifty. Uh, but you know that's that is my that that is my price point. Yeah. But I also understand that, you know, a pro is a price point for someone. A premium is a price point for someone. And I, my buddy is on the, I want every LE list. I'm not on that list, Yeah. but that's his price point. So I don't know. I, I'm okay with it because it doesn't feel like it's a stripped down model. It just feels like a scaled back model. So I, I'm excited to play it at, at Expo. So we'll, we'll yeah. certainly do some uh, do some flips on it. Definitely. Um, how? Okay, who sells these machines, Josh? Um, well, we do know that distributors have to sell a couple, right? Like that's like that's they, an agreement they do with take Stern. Their sta- they take their standard allotment, and yes, yeah. and they can order over the top, uh, like on top of that. Yeah. Um, I guess one challenge that people can have is that. I don't think you're going to sell these to your standard pinball enthusiast. Yeah. Um, I would say your standard pinball enthusiast for $4,500 is probably going to be looking at either um, ponying up the extra $1,000 and getting a pro, or they're looking at the used market for, um, you know, for like a fishtails or something. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see too many people buying these machines but i would be curious if anyone's listening and they have experience ordering these home pin editions whether or not spider-man or if you're interested in the jurassic park one or you're in or you got the star wars one uh, reach out uh we have a good friend uh, who has the star wars home edition he loves it so yeah i'm just curious to see who else uh, who else buys these but i i don't tend i tend not to think it's the pinball enthusiast market once again, it's just another avenue for Stern to explore. I know that people were complaining about, well, they already can't get to the Mandalorians and they can't get to the Godzillas that they have and all the back order that they have. If you guys listen to, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. Go to the final round pinball podcast with the interview with Zach Sharp. And he said, he said that they have an agreement with these licensors that they will get their product out in a certain time frame. 
Mm-hmm. And time's ticking. Time when, is you, ticking. when you sign a contract, the time is ticking. And so Correct. And I don't know I don't know what the agreement was because COVID did throw a wrench in everything. It's still throwing mm-hmm. a wrench in everything. Yeah. Um and I mean you can go further down the rabbit hole on that discussion, but I prefer not to. But I think that they're doing out of necessity what they have to do as the agreement with their licensors. And honestly, that's what keeps them alive. Is they're like we've talked about mm-hmm. license is king right now, right? Yeah. License first, design second, code third. You could probably even interchange those. After mm-hmm. Walking Dead proved, but you just you, you have to keep the licensors happy. And so, like I said, if you haven't checked it out, go check out Final Rounds' most recent episode with with Zach Sharp. Very insightful. Mm-hmm. I actually only saw or only heard. I can neither confirm nor deny once. I think throughout the the whole thing, yeah, so he no, was pretty open on it. No, it was, he was really good. And well. Yeah. They were also asking questions that they knew they could ask. I mean, they didn't say, "Hey, what are the next five releases?" Um, and so that, uh, that it makes it a little easier when you're not treading into dangerous territory, but they, yeah. it is interesting seeing it from their standpoint and, uh, occasionally we'll say something and uh, we'll get some feedback and they'll say, yeah, well, a lot of it, a lot of it's licensing. So just keep that in mind. The, there's yeah. the enthusiast who wants X, Y, and Z, but the licensor doesn't give you X, Y, and Z. So yeah. Or there's too many, too many to sign off on it, and they just they're right. waiting. You know, R two D two topper, right? Yeah. Uh, now with this, um, does it help or hurt Jack that he is going against the Keith Elwin design? I don't think it hurts him one bit. Originally, I did. I originally thought, you know, he's going up against a game that's considered a classic. Mm-hmm. And his rank is ranked very high on the pin side. I think it's number two right now. Yeah. Um, but then again, like it's been said in the past, these games really aren't made for us. They're made for a different market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're buying a pinball machine at this cost, you're not going to be doing it based off of game design and code and all that jazz. So I don't know. I think I think it actually played into to dangerous favor and the reason being is is they had a fully fledged game like they didn't like stern didn't have to spend a ton on artwork because they reused some of the artwork just kind of rearranged it Mm -hmm. um i mean you've already got all the animations there it's the reuse of the animations same sounds there might be some added i'm not for sure but i mean really your bomb on this was probably a little more flexible even though the price was brought way down but it's because a lot of the assets were already there. Right. They were just kind of re- reusing what they already had. And I don't know what the agreement with the licensor is. I, you're still paying for assets. I mean, yeah, you, you're still you, paying you, for assets. If you put a sticker on Lunchbox, you're still paying for the assets. Correct. So, but, if, but if you're only paying to design. It could have been a rate. And, yeah. and I bet they they probably talked with the licensor about having a lower priced option, a scaled back option, and they probably scaled back the licensing. This is me speculating, scaled back the licensing appropriately to fit into the cost. Yeah, I agree. So I, I'm really interested to play it. And yeah, you know, I, I think there there is a market for this. Uh, probably nobody, li- okay, this is my guess. I would be surprised. Uh, I doubt people who listen to pinball podcasts are going to buy it. I agree. But uh, I, that doesn't mean it's a bad game. It just means it's for a different market. Might as well. Hey, if 
Stern wouldn't be making these if there wasn't money there to be made. So obviously they know something we don't. Well, this is uh, this is going along with the uh, when they started doing the pro premium and LE that yeah. they were, you know, it's the the three legged approach of having the collector and or the uh, home enthusiast or the um, or the bar. Yeah. And you you have something for everybody. And it's the same thing as cars. You're going to have cars. Um, you know, if you look at a truck, go and try to buy a truck. Yeah. And you have like a basic truck that, hey, we are we are hauling air conditioners. We do not need all the fancy bells and whistles. And then you get the, the guys who want all the bells and whistles and they they're willing to pay three times as much uh, for a truck because yeah. they want all that. Yep. Same same thing with pinball. Uh, I want to move on. I want to move on to Cactus Canyon. Okay. I think because honestly, at this point, it's we're going to play at Expo and then probably give yeah. our thoughts. So. Yeah. Right, let's move on to Cactus Canyon, which we're probably going to play at Expo and then give our thoughts. Yeah, we'll give our thoughts. A lot of this is a preview of Expo, all the things we're looking forward to at Expo. So since we talked last about Cactus Canyon, because it was just a slide on a piece of white sheet at some convention a month and a half mm -hmm. ago, we didn't know everything that we'd know today. We're still going to get more. Uh, as far as I'm aware, there's still an interview coming out with Super Awesome Pinball Show with Lyman and Josh Sharp. Um, I heard it's pretty good. It gets pretty in depth on some stuff and some stuff they can't talk about at all. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that. I bet it's going to be great. The thing is what I, uh, what the information that was unveiled to us since the, the slideshow was Lyman sheets and Josh Sharp was contracted out to do the rules. Uh, we do know that there is new, I don't know if I want to say new artwork, but artists, artists have been brought in to revise. Revise. Yeah, revised they the artwork. revised it, yeah. Correct. And then m the rumor is there's not going to be a classic edition like there was with the Medieval Madness, with the Monster Bash, and Attack from Mars. They're automatically, the base one is going to be the special edition, which is the one with the upgraded LED display. Right. And then they'll have the limited edition, which will be obviously the limited edition, which will come with a topper. Mm -hmm. Supposedly the topper's interactive. It looks great. Um, my we, other we understanding haven't, we haven't seen it by the way like Correct. this is all um this has all been speculation but and rumor well besides rumor, the lyman sheet stuff and and right. uh no no the, art. the lyman sheets is confirmed i'm just saying yeah. with the uh with the topper and everything but that's that's been the long-standing rumor that they're making sure that it's all set and uh you can certainly say that chicago gaming they don't release a game until it is 100 percent uh, and they haven't missed on any games. Well, and the other rumor is, so when Monster Bash, granted Monster Bash came out two years ago, three years ago. Is that yeah. where we're at right now? About that, yeah. Holy crap. When it came out, the special edition was 7,500. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then the limited edition was 8,300. That was MSRP, if I remember correctly. I think it was, I, that sounds about right. Yeah. I know I got a limited edition and I paid 8,300. Yeah. And so, um, but I don't know if there was, if that was MSRP or whatnot. Anywho, uh, the base for the special edition, so that'd be the basic edition right now, I'm hearing is $8,000, which would be a $500 increase. It wouldn't shock me. I, I, I think it's, it's predictable. Yeah. Um, with, with the demand that is going on out there yeah, that you're, if they can charge more for their product, they will. 
Yeah. They no, lower prices when they're trying to move product. They don't have to lower prices right now. I agree. So I, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I haven't, I'm, I'm interested to see what the new code does for it. Uh, the layout for, Chica- um, for Cactus Canyon, it's never been amazing for me. And it, it always has fallen into that big bang bar category where it's rare. It's expensive because it's rare, not necessarily expensive because it's great Yeah. in, in my limited uh, knowledge of it. However, if, well, now, now we know that Lyman is retooling and we, we suspected that for a long time. Um, I think we even floated that as a speculation that who would you get to recode a nineties game? And Lyman is the guy you want to do that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that actually takes it to the next level. Uh, but I do know two people who are interested in getting it and they're on that waiting list. And even one person selling is Indiana Jones, which he loves to get that game. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. It's and it's the good one. It's the, the yeah. pinball adventure. So man, I got some time in on that a couple weeks ago. It's, it is a good game. It's, it's a fun, fun game. It's uh, it's certainly a nostalgic game, but I think it's the nostalgic game that holds up. Yep. Like it's still fun. Uh, it's it's campy. It's not the same as a modern game. And when I say modern, I mean in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. But it uh, it's still you know I I will play it when I go over to his house. So do you? What are you looking for with? Uh, are we not really looking for anything for Cactus Canyon? We're just kind of waiting to see what happens at Expo. I want to see what the topper is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's really what, because I'm wondering how they're going to take it to the next level. Um, Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars, Monster Bash. These were all um, well-proven, good shooting games. But then this one does not have the same sort of uh, volume that the other ones did. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how it's going to hold up when you have uh, more availability on it. Because the designer on it is, uh, I, I always have to look it up every time, but I believe that's their only game. Yeah, but they were with Williams for a while. I mean, they still help. They still help with stuff at Stern too. Okay, so um, the game design is uh, okay. I, I really am sorry about this. M- Matt Coriel and uh, Tom Capera. Tom Capera, yeah. He's the gentleman that still works on Stern stuff. Which is fine, but how many other games have they designed? I and mean, he has worked in The Mandalorian. He's worked in House of Horrors. He's worked on Game of Thrones. But it's not, a, and that's Tom, by the way, um, that's not the primary designer. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's where I'm a little more cautious, just because yeah. I, I it doesn't have the same sort of, well, it's a... You know, it's a George Gomez design that didn't get the light of day. And so he's moved on. But George has a track record of designing great games. So, yeah. And by the way, I, I don't mean that to be a slight. It's just more of a there's there's less less games to compare it to. I'll, I'm excited to see it at Expo. I want to see what they've done with the code. I'm just I'm excited. It's um, it's a good time to be in pinball. That's definitely for sure. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, one machine I want to talk about that I, I'm just going to be up front right now. I was not impressed with the new Pinball Brothers Queen that came out. And Ooh. I know it was just for show because no one can play it. It's just a display. 
You can look uh, at it, yeah. It's got the magic girl treatment at this point. Let's call it that. <laughs> Ooh, see, I don't think that's true. Why I is that? think what it looks like is magic girl looked really good. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is it's in the state of what magic girl was fan, when it was produced. A, a box of lights. Okay. Correct. It's a box of lights. It's no, it's okay. the artwork. Okay. The artwork is okay. I'm it, sorry if I offend anyone or the mm, artist. It, okay, it is horrendous. I, it, it's bad. Well, like, I, okay. I wouldn't say horrendous, but what I will say is it felt like a Gottlieb. Like the, the color scheme and the layout is it, it felt very, um, and I, I hate. I hope I'm wrong. Every time I give these negative thoughts, I hope I'm wrong, but yeah. it didn't feel anything that would make you want to put a quarter in it. I don't want to put a quarter in it unless you wanted to hear Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, I want to play the game. The layout looks good. I'll give it that. The layout looks decent. It looks like something that can flip. It's definitely above other games that um, that I've seen, but the the artwork's just rough. Like Freddie Mercury's face just is so lopsided and. I mean, there's, this still has a long ways to go. Uh, obviously, you know, playing it and uh, seeing the code and whatnot. If it's similar to Monster Bash, hey, I love Monster Bash code. It's a good code set. So that's where they're going with it. Again, I I hope it's good. And I hope the the visual of it is not overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's also it's a prototype. So things can change. And everybody has their own tastes on what uh, what works well. I don't know. As a musician, there's just some stuff on here that just looks bad to me. Like the guitar upper play fill just looks bad. Like it doesn't look like a guitar. It just, yeah. I don't know. It just, the game itself doesn't look great. Yeah. I think that you're, uh, you're definitely selling off the queen name. Uh, yeah. The playability. But, you know. Well, and why, why go with basic? I get it's queen's logo. But why not use the Queen's logo with the crown on it? Or there's other more iconic logos. But if you look at the side of this this cabinet, it's just kind of an orange. It's like a yellow to orange scale crowd yeah. with just Queen across it. It's just, it's not fantastic. Like, I don't know what the thought process was here. I don't make pinball machines. People, I've done podcasting for almost three years now on pinball. I, I've never worked in an industry that I've never worked behind the scenes. So... I'm just, like I said, <laughs> I, I probably couldn't do a better pinball machine myself. Maybe I should take up the challenge. Well, okay, but you're also not selling it. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's fair to it's fair to to give a critique on something uh, when someone is putting it out there as a product. Yeah. So I, I you don't have to be a car manufacturer to evaluate your car and whether or not you want to buy it. But I've seen um, homebrews that are better than looking than this thing. Like yeah. But okay, remember the caveat. It always comes down to what the licensor wants. So, with the image of the way it looks, uh, you can talk about the flow, you can talk about the layout, but when you talk about what uh, what color scheme and even what uh, caricatures or or illustrations, that all has to be approved by them. And so, yeah, I I I, I just. I give that a a squint eye when I see what is produced and say, well, I wouldn't have done that, but maybe they wouldn't have done that either. Yeah. So that could be completely up to the licensor. And really, the licensor has to sign off on it. True. So, but I, I will say it looked pretty basic and it didn't look that interesting. 
that's that that is a great explanation i will yeah. take that yeah so we will not see this at expo because i know <laughs> that uh i'm not i'm not flying to england to the queen store so yes and so my understanding was this is just the prototype but we will be seeing more of it being produced here within the year well not not 2021 but 2022 may early 2023 so we'll see what happens there but overall not a great first impression in my opinion no next let's let's talk about this next note haggis is starting to get games out the door i'm excited for this like our boy martin robbins doing some code and they got the celts out the doors and they're saying they're fathoms next up to bat so Mm -hmm. uh, they're starting to get over some of the the hiccups and hurdles of of manufacturing whatnot and i'm hearing positive from everyone that's received their game so far so so what you're saying is a startup company with very limited manufacturing experience can still get a game out yeah hmm. interesting huh yeah weird huh um yeah congratulations especially with all the starting up a pinball company with all the supply shortages and especially with how locked down australia is that is a huge plus for them and so that tells me they are doing something right it renews faith in me. I'm not, I didn't lose faith in Haggis, but like it makes you nervous when you hear stuff like Deep Root and whatnot being a startup company and then not fulfilling promises and then falling by the wayside. I mean, it's happened time and time again in the pinball hobby industry. You know, look at uh, Dutch, which they're starting to come back. You've got Highway. Yeah. Granted, some of those licensings and, and rights have went to other companies, but still, it's refreshing to hear a startup company take responsibility for hiccups, for delays, and still then a week or two later showing, hey, we are actually producing product. This is what we're working on. And their, their product looks fantastic. I, I seriously cannot wait to see a Haggis game mm-hmm. at Expo to play it. I want to get my hands on one of these and see if they're worth it. I, I want to I definitely want to see uh, what their Fathom remake is, and I'm hoping they have one there. I agree. Heck, I'm even excited to see Celts. I know a lot of people are like sure. it's just a single well, level game and whatnot, but hey, so some Beatles. of those games are yeah, so they're fantastic. Beatles and I just bought it, so yeah. So um, speaking of other companies that uh, announced stuff and then never actually produced a dang thing, so let's talk about Bobby. Oh, let's keep this under five minutes. (laughs) So the SEC has been investigating him. And it sounds like even after they, it was well known that they were investigating him by Bobby. He still took more money and he still spent it. It sounds like all of it. So I want to pause you there because I think... So what I think is, reading the article, the SEC had already concluded their investigation mm-hmm. originally and was like they were in the, we're trying to bu- bundle this up in a nice package with a bow. Yeah. And then that's when Bobby Mueller went for the pre-order money. So yeah. he already knew he was under an investigation yeah. and went to the pinball community and was like, oh, by the way, we're doing pre-orders. Yeah. That, that's what I think this is the money that they're talking about. Because he took, yeah. it claimed it was like another $8 million. That would be exactly the 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 pre-order money bottom line um total dirtbag total con artist total narcissist and we are better for not having him in the industry and i hope we never hear from him ever again and i feel sorry for everybody who has lost money with him and everybody who um even 
people, I don't understand it, but even people who gave him money on yeah. the hope that he's going to produce something. Um, I still have sympathy for you. I, uh, I, I think it was risky and uh, I, I would not have made that move, but I, I understand if people feel that that was a calculated risk and they decided to take it, but he obviously played everybody as fools to uh, facilitate his extravagant lifestyle and his two weddings and one divorce, which I still think is just unbelievable. I agree. Uh, but you know, good. Let's uh, uh, white flush move on. Yep. Um, I just want to thank Blueberry Johnson for all the information he has been keeping up on this. I don't know if this is an employee that did work at Deep Root and just, I don't right. know who this guy Either is. Either that or somebody who, who got involved or just has, I mean, he is on this. He or yeah, she, he, I guess. I don't know if Blueberry is a boy or girl. So Yeah. I guess when you think of Blueberries, though. <laughs> wow. But, the, but I just, I guess the hard part, part I know of just all this is we have the hobby itself or industry itself has taken a hit because of this whole situation i don't think sure. the actual industry at large has but there's there's some people that have been tied up in this mm-hmm. that have really burned their reputation and i feel bad for those well and i think he used them as human shields um i'm great example i mean he in uh, even jeff Dills has talked about it i mean they hired jeff to do some voices and they hired Steve Bowden, and it's still in my opinion that they hired Steve Bowden because he is well-liked in the industry, and everybody likes Steve. And so he leveraged Steve's good name to hide his sketchitude. Yep. And it's the same thing with Jeff. So he was able to pick his shots. Um, I don't believe they were – I don't believe they were – really involved in any of the behind the scenes things. I think they were contract workers, but that's um, it's sad that they even are associated with his name because I know they would go back and probably not want to be associated at all with him either. Well, and even the article that came out with this week in pinball stating pretty much, you know, disassociating themselves from, from deep root. And I mean, it, that was a really good non non biased in my opinion piece of media work that you could you could deal with um and obviously there's bias that creeps into any type of media i can't say that they were 100 percent unbiased but yeah. you know jeff had stated in his when he was leaving or putting twip on a hiatus or doing less with it it one of the reasons was because of all of this yeah because he he was he was involved with robert yeah yeah well so he kind of was he kind of was the mouthpiece i mean he was. look at all the articles he did for deep root yeah. um i mean he he's in my opinion that's where a lot of the 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 professionalism and the authenticity came from was because you you're getting these articles of of deep root and the factory walkthroughs and and all the little tidbits were coming from that away and so sure. uh, but again he 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 leveraged just Jeff too so um, yeah. again uh, this is what con con artists do yeah they uh, they will throw everybody else in the water uh, when the sharks are coming. Speaking of Patterson, let's go on a, a, another tangent. I just I want to throw this out here. You know, we're hearing less and less from this week in pinball. We are hearing from some of the deep dives, which are still fantastic. Thanks, Patterson, for that. Do you think we still see this? Or not this week. The Twippies. Do you think we still see the awards, or do you think that's too much of a uh, a financial drain on Patterson, or maybe even a, a too much of a time taker from Patterson that we don't see this anymore, or is it? 
or is it far enough off the ground that it kind of takes care of itself? You just you just click the button and go. No, I I think it will change. Okay. So I think you'll see something different next year. It may or may not happen. If it happens, it's going to be in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Twippies are basically the People's Choice Awards uh, for pinball. And uh, you know, so if you if you get enough, and this is how this is how award shows work. You try to campaign for votes, and you try to get things going on. Um, I'm not sure in what venue it is because that was really part of his this week in pinball. Yeah. Uh, that's what TWIP stands for. Uh, so, is it possible that it could reinvent or be revamped? Maybe, but I'm I'm holding out. I I I hope it is, but uh, I don't I, I don't know how he does that unless he continues this week in pinball. Dang it! And I had a foolproof plan to win the Twippy this year because I know Scott. You said that you're only doing this for the awards now. After winning the pinball award. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it for uh, greatness and glory. That's all yeah. I'm doing it for. Absolutely. Notoriety. <laughs> so, well, we we wish Patterson the best. Um hopefully we'll see what happens with Twippies and I mean, we should be knowing soon. Uh pre-voting usually starts at the beginning of December. So that way he knows who to put on the list for beginning of January. I think it'll be different, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if there's a hiatus. I think yeah. that's what I think it's going to be a hiatus. Moving on, AP is releasing a new pinball machine at Expo. That's the rumor. Yeah. Uh, by the time this is out, it probably will already be unveiled because they're doing it at Jack Bar and uh, what was the other location? There was another uh, Bang Bang. Oh, yeah. It's not official as of just yet, but what we're hearing is Legends of Valhalla. You've probably right. already seen it by the time this comes out. So. Yeah. Uh, it's. I'm really excited to play this. Uh, I have a friend who's who was involved. Um, with the development of the, uh, well, it's Tony, uh, who was, who was involved in the development of the homebrew and it's, it had enough, uh, following and it's a good game. So I'm curious to see what they can do. And it is, it's themey enough that I, you know, theme adjacent, I guess that you can do this without paying a, a licensing fee. So I think it's a good move for them. And there was enough goodwill for people who were able to play this homebrew. I think it would be a good game for American pinball because they're not dealing in stern numbers. I just want to know why it took so long. Um, Riot Pinball had this out and playing and flipping with uh, Buffalo Pinball showed it last year. Yes. Uh, Same with straight down the middle. So if this is American pinball's next game, why did it take a year? Like, I hope, I hope there's some kind of explanation there. Well, I, I think what it is, is there is a big difference between a, a homebrew and something that is ready for manufacturing. True. So you can do something that is a one-off that you can build yourself, but there is a mass production component to things and making sure that's done right takes time. Yeah. So, you know, you have to do all the, you know, the, the correct uh, licensing and the testing on it. And so you can get certified. So uh, there's all that that goes on, on with this. And so I, I'm not surprised it takes that long to make sure that it's done. I mean, think about something like Cactus Canyon or, uh, 
you know, attack from Mars. I mean, all those games were done and it still took Chicago gaming a while to, um, pretty them up and release them. Yep. So that, that doesn't surprise me. I would rather someone take more time and get it right than uh, just releasing it before it's due. Yep. Yeah, good point. So I, I'm excited for this game though. I, I, it looks, it looks fun. It, it looks like a great, um, man, I, I don't want to insult it, but it, it doesn't have a lot of the bells and whistles that, um, you know, Godzilla would have or, or any, any, uh, any machine from either JJP or Stern, you know, cause they're going to have something that's really cool mech wise in yeah. there. So this is not going to have that, but it will have good flow or it could have good flow, I guess. And if it has good code behind it, then I think that they will find a market for this. Yeah, I agree. More pinball is always good pinball. And obviously we'll be able to play it here at expo. So, and American pinball, I, I would argue that American pinball has a decent reputation. Like I don't know too many. Uh, I, I haven't heard of people buying American pinball machines and then saying, well, they're broken down all the time or they're unreliable. I think people haven't been, um, some designs haven't, I, well, I guess some themes really haven't connected with people, but I don't know of anybody who said, well, it was a terrible machine. They just said it wasn't for them. So I, I, I'm really curious to see. I, this is a good step for American Pinball. Yep. If you remember with Rob Burke, when we were talking to him back in April, holy crap, that was forever ago. We were talking about Expo. It was April or May. And uh, he said by this time, he said at Expo, they'd be revealing four new games, at least four new games mm-hmm. from four distributors. So Stern's released two. Uh CGC's with Cactus Canyon, American Pinball with Legends of Valhalla. There's four games already. So Yeah, and, and I would say that it's close enough that you could say even with Godzilla there, um, it'll be the Godzilla show. That, that, that every every show has one game that seems to be featured, and Godzilla is gonna rule this thing. Because so is it Godzilla or do you think because the other rumor rumor right now we're hearing all these rumors guns or not guns roses sorry we're hearing that Jersey Jack pinball will be unveiling Toy Story at Expo as well and on top of that they officially announced that they had hired another designer Mark Sedan I don't know if you've watched his stuff on Facebook or on YouTube he did the Metroid homebrew which looks fantastic uh, man after my own heart I love me some Metroid and the other rumor going around is this is Pat Lawler's last official game with JJP and he will go into retirement mode, whether he stays in the background and helps as more like a Gomez. We don't know, but that is the other rumor floating around at this point. So what are your thoughts on that, Scott? Toy Story will come out. I don't think it'll be announced at Expo. Okay. Um, I think they're still too far behind on Guns N' Roses. Uh I actually just played a Guns N' Roses last night. I helped my friend unbox his Guns N' Roses and we played it. And so they are just still getting through Guns N' Roses. Um, Now, I know that flies in the face of what we talked about with Stern and there are timelines to the licenses. So is there is it possible that they could get pressure from the license to release it sooner than later? 
yes. Uh, however, if you look at the track record of Stern versus the track record of JJP, this track record of Stern is three cornerstones and a bonus. So whether or not that's a premium or a home pin. So Stern basically has four options every year. JJP has one option every two years. And Guns N' Roses was announced last year, and they seem to be ramping up with production. But I would be shocked if they actually released Toy Story, just because there doesn't seem to be any build-up buzz and do you want to go against all these other four games that are coming out? I think it would be bad, but it's Christmas is coming up though. And yeah. that's a good family pin. So it's the worst kept secret other than JJP was making guns and roses is that they're making toy story. I I would not shock me. I know it would shock you, but it would not shock me. And the reason being expo is like their bread and butter for reveals. Uh, October, 2020 we saw guns and roses it wasn't at expo but then again expo was virtual so there is that uh the expo before that 2019 we saw wonka that's uh the year that we started podcasting and Mm -hmm. that was uh we did the show with martin on that on head to head and the year before that in 2018 was jersey jack's pirates of the caribbean it was the year before that but i know They've been consistent for almost every year now. They've released a pinball machine at Expo. So, but, but okay, but the difference is on this is that the sales on Guns N' Roses are still strong. Yeah. The sales on the other ones were tailing off. And yeah. With, well. with, with Pirates, they actually they showed that too early when it wasn't ready. And yeah. it definitely affected their sales. Uh, Wonka didn't seem to be a huge seller. I know they're in dialed in, didn't seem to be a huge seller either. And so their, their most produced pin up to this point has been wizard of Oz, but I would anticipate that guns and roses will surpass that. I, I still think that they're going to release. And the reason being is they're, they're producing Wonka's right now. Okay. Their, their other line is producing a game that like if it was guns and roses and sales are still super strong, they'd have both both lines producing Guns N' Roses. And granted, that means you have to have all the parts and yada, 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 right, you know, et cetera, right. et cetera. But I really, I I strongly feel like Toy Story is going to be shown at Expo. Okay. All right. So, so uh, I, I'll i I'll bet you if oh, Toy okay. Story is shown, then I will buy you dinner. If Toy Story is not shown, you buy me dinner. All right. Sounds like a plan. I can go with that. Uh, so. As, as uh, Pat Lawler, it being his swan song or his last one, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I mean, Pat's getting older, and eventually, you have to start looking at uh, raising new um, new designers. So I uh, that that's what surprised me about Richie going over there too. I, for me, I would have been more confident in Richie announcing his retirement than actually that he was switching companies. So that surprised me. And that's the thing. That's you've got four designers with a company that produces one game at most once a year. Yeah. Things are going to be switching up. There, there's, there's, yeah. there's got to be a guarantee. You, there's no other logical explanation at this point. Yeah, it it doesn't make financial sense to hire four people and to have them design a game every four years. Yeah, that doesn't work. 
well, if that was the case, look at Richie. He wouldn't be making – he's 72. Is that what he said on our podcast? 72, yeah. 73? Yeah. So That makes him 75, 76? Yeah, so <laughs> he's going to make two more games. Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, so yeah. they they obviously have designs to ramp up production. Um, not not the best year to ramp up production, but they have designs to do it. I think this is my thought process. I think that it's I'm going to go to a sports analogy here. Um, sometimes sports teams will hire the old man to, to have have a mentor, mm-hmm. great locker room presence. Um, they're just someone that kind of helps carry the torch from from the old guard to the new guard. Uh, I see it a lot in soccer. Yeah, you have to know how to do it. And so Pat and Steve obviously know how to make pinball machines. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I played Twilight Zone a couple weeks ago. I still love that game. You know, it makes the nostalgia in me, mm-hmm. but it it blows Adam's family out of the water. I don't know why Adam's family is so revered compared to Twilight Zone's good. You could you could it's chopping wood, don't get me wrong. Adam's was the first. That it's the first uh, actual mode-based game. So that that's that was the the inflection point when everything changed. Yeah. Well, you could technically argue that Funhouse was the first mode-based game. Yeah, well. Twilight, you technically uh, had Ad, modes. Yeah, Adam's family was the one that actually broke it though. Yeah, that that made it what it should be. Yeah. But Twilight man, there's just I know it's wood choppy. Like don't yeah. don't send me hate mail on because of the well, faults of Twilight, but Twilight okay, is a but, good game. When okay. was the last time you saw magnets used as flippers? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Oh, uh, um, um, uh, what you call it? Uh, Ghostbusters, and that didn't work out so well. The premium. those those were yeah. for the slings, and that was a terrible idea. Mm. That much chaos right in t- right above the flipper is never yeah. a good idea. Yeah, but you are right on Twilight Zone in that um, you know Josh Sharp is on record of saying that it's his love hate game. Yep. Because you know in a tournament mode it's it's just it's very straightforward you do the same thing every time and it's just choppy but if you play it as in you want to go into the zone it's it's challenging and fun so but if you're just going for points yeah it's not balanced well i want to wrap this up with uh i want to do a quick thoughts on our last interview since we really didn't get to talk about we kind of wrap things up and then we shut it down what were your thoughts on elwin have you had any responses I know we've we've had responses. Yeah. I, okay. The best thing about L one is that Keith is comfortable being Keith. Yep. Uh, and I would say that and he Keith's not dumb. He knows he's a great designer. He knows he's a great player. But it doesn't feel like he is stressed out. He still feels like he's having fun. And it sounds like he is. I mean, it's all it's always work. But he is enjoying the process of it. So I, I love getting his perspective. And it, it still seems like he's in that honeymoon phase of I've never done all this stuff before. And so everything is new territory. It's not like Steve Ritchie, who's been designing you know, games for 40 years. You know, Keith has four games under his belt. Yep. And he, he just seems to be on such a... Uh, such an accelerated course that he could probably produce a, you know, a game every other release because he, he is that he, he seems to be f- having fun and driven. 
Um, that was my take home on the interview. Um, but uh, I don't know. What was your thought? I thought it was a really good interview. There was a lot of insight there. I didn't realize that Avengers was supposed to be releasing now and Godzilla was supposed to be releasing then. Um, I wonder what the switch up was for. And I don't know. It's I'm always curious. I know that they'll never say. No. Or at least they're not allowed to say at this point. Um, well, it, and it could be anything from uh, licensing approval. It could be uh, part shortages. It could be developing that one mech. I mean, yeah. that, that that was the problem with Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Is yeah. they had this really awesome and they pushed it so hard. We have this triple spinning disc and then they, they decided to pull it out and it became a big trap door for the sales. Um, so when you have any sort of mech that takes a while to develop that it could, maybe it's something like that. I, th- again, speculation, but, uh, that, that was interesting that he was far enough ahead that they could do that though. That seems amazing to me. Yeah. To, that you could leapfrog yourself when the, the time develop the time to develop is about 15 months. Yep. So that, that says how much energy he has right now in developing pinball machines. Well, and from my understanding, Godzilla wasn't even supposed to release. Now we were, we were supposed to see a different pinball machine at this point. So like you said, that, that time frame that's, that's short. Yeah. I don't know. Like he said on the episode, it's like his first time he's had a break in the last mm-hmm. 12 months because it seriously went from Avengers directly into Godzilla. Yeah, and just his. I mean, I feel bad for poor Rick Nagel, man. That man is coding constantly. Well, oh, and yeah, th- there, there's a team, right? But it's yeah. a, it's a team that works well together. I mean, I was Definitely. playing, you know, I, I was playing uh, Jurassic Park tonight, and it, that's such a great game. And Avengers, I love playing that game, and um, you know, I'm still looking forward to getting my Iron Maiden. Um, you know, at some point when uh, I get squeezed in uh, because of all the shortages, but you know, they they have been making some Iron Maiden premium. So hopefully I'm just in the queue sometime. So, yep. Well, and like I said, it's all about the team. I know that we focus so much on designers this day and age. It really is about the full team because code takes so much up on these pinball machines now. Right. And design is just kind of honestly a small aspect of the whole process now compared to code and artwork and integration and, and just, adapting the theme perfectly with the layout it's there's a lot of irons in the fire and i'm impressed it's it's easy to make an okay game it's hard to make a great game yep and and that that has been proven over the last five years easily there are some games who it releases and it just doesn't connect with me um there are other games where there is that that secret sauce that's in there so I, I want to know, though, uh, people uh, reach out to us. If you are going to Expo, what are you looking forward to? And what were your thoughts on the interview uh, with Elwin? What, what are your takeaway? But definitely, what are you, what are you looking forward to at Expo? We, had to di- we did have a couple comments. Um, someone wrote us like the morning after the Elwin interview. Uh, Elwin on Loser Kids. Everything is now right with the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, anyway, it, it was funny. I, I had a good, yeah. I, I smiled. Yeah. Um, I did. I do apologize. We did get a couple of emails that I did not respond back to. I will get, I will get to you. I appreciate a couple handfuls of people that have reached out to us. So, yeah. Um, hey, and, and tomorrow I'm going to be mailing out some stuff, uh, with 
product shortages. Uh, we were planning on doing some some special hats, but there's yeah. some prob- product shortages. So we're seeing what we can do. Um, but I hey, can't even get our baseball hat that we're used to getting. It's it, product shortage, man. It even so. affects loser kid hats. So you know that's uh, thanks COVID. Yeah, thanks COVID. How how did that go? Is, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> like that's the right. thanks Obama. Thanks it, Obama. It, yeah, thanks COVID. No, it's fine. Yeah. No, I I did get my booster though, so I'm triple. Uh, I I I get like like five uh, G with my phone, like no problem. I have like nice. three chips in my arm now. It's awesome. Nice. You, you're gonna come to Expo, roided up, ready yes. to go. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I'll have to go get my booster before I I head off this weekend or yeah. next week. So, um, what was the other thing I wanted to? Oh, we got the ran this most random email. I'm sorry. I'm gonna bring this up because I'm not endorsing this movie at all. I don't know who made this movie. It we released last year. It's a pinball movie. It's called Bump Kowalski and the Ten Commandments. Very independent. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Go watch the trailer and tell me what you think. Cause, uh, so at least tell us the what they are in for when they click on that link. I, I don't even know what you're in for. Like I watched it and I still don't know if I fully understand it. So apparently it's about this amazing pinball player from like 1979 and something about there's pinball commandments and they kind of tell you about them during the trailer. I don't know. The trailer's almost three minutes long. It gives you a pretty good idea. I haven't watched it. It doesn't look like my kind of movie. I'm not going to lie. I okay, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> it so, looks like someone tried to do like go big or big Lebowski pinball style. Yeah, probably that that's kind of the vibes I'm getting. So, okay. Like I said, will someone watch it for me and tell me yay or nay? Like, first tell me what you're into. So if I like, if you're really into uh, Big Lebowski and to like Jackass, mm-hmm. maybe it gives me an idea of of what <laughs> what kind of movie this is. So all right, all right. You know, I and I I am I have missed part of my bro card. I I watched Big Lebowski once and I never really understood why people love that show, but. You know, who knows? I still haven't seen Forrest Gump either. Obviously, you don't smoke a bunch of weed and drink a lot of white Russians, okay? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. So. <laughs> and pee on rugs. Yeah. So I just remember the bowling scene. Dude, one of my favorite movies of all time, and people, you either A, haven't heard of this, or it might not be your cup of tea, but Grind. Did you ever watch Grind back in 2000? Like 2002, somewhere around there? Uh, nope. Oh, it's about, I... these four, it's about these four skateboarders. They go cross country to like go compete in this giant competition. Mm. Hilarious. No, but I did see. Uh, um, I, I watched on a plane, Detroit Rock City, which was uh, produced by Gene Simmons about four kids who were trying to go to a rush, or excuse me, a Kiss concert. Nice. And yeah, that it. It's it's about as not awesome as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, grind is definitely acquired taste. So. It's probably the same with his Detroit Rock City or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So if you've watched Bump Kowalski, let us know so we don't have to watch it. So. <laughs> yeah, the producer or something reached out to us, asked if we'd talk about it. And I was just like, you know, okay, I'm I'm curious. I just I don't really have much time, but I'm curious. So I, I need someone to review it and say, yes, go watch it. Or 
or no? No, okay, <laughs> come on. I or or we're putting in the Elvira game as one of the B movies, uh, <laughs> B or C movies. Maybe, but I don't think they're going for. Uh, the, they are not going for Oscars with this thing. Well, and it definitely is independent. Like it is an indie movie. Like you, right. that that should explain it right. It there. is listed as a drama, though. But it's pinball, so I wanted to help somewhat Absolutely. draw attention. I don't know. I'm curious. I don't know. Now I kind of wish I would have bought that clone that was made of sandalwood. So that was pinball. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, if you if you guys uh, end up going to Expo, uh, hit us up. We'll we'll certainly be wearing a, our loser kid hats and probably some shirts walking around Expo. Yep. We'll probably be hanging out together most of the time. So. So, Scott, I was talking about this with my wife, and I asked her opinion on it, but I want to know your opinion before I give you hers. How do you feel about us wearing our own merchandise? Is that weird or no? Okay, I don't think it's weird because I don't think we're big enough to make it weird. Um, It's fun, and that's the easiest way for someone to identify us is if we're wearing a Loser Kid hat or a Loser Kid shirt. Um, I... It would be weird if Tom Brady wore his jersey into like a sports bar, but uh, we're not really Tom Brady. And so I don't think it's a big deal. It's probably the easiest way for people to identify us if two dudes are walking around Pinball Expo and they both have loser kid hats on. It's yeah. probably an easy way to come and say, hey, um, hey, I listen to you or, or whatever. Hey, what's up? You should totally, if Keith Elwin's wearing his Loser Kid hat for the interview, you should walk up to him. I love you on the Loser Kid Pinball podcast. That would be hilarious, but yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many I wonder how many hats we will see this at Expo. I don't know. I've shipped I'm, out more I'm of those than I can few, count. I'm bringing a few extra, and so uh, you can always try to hit me up for a hat. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a big deal because I don't think we're big enough to make it a big deal. Yeah, true. So, so what what would your wife say? She's like, well, if you worked at Walmart, you'd wear a Walmart. Well, she didn't say Walmart. Sorry. It's your product, you know. Hey, I shop it, at it's Walmart. It's fine. Com- you, good. I'm not it's, an anti-Walmartite. <laughs> it's part of your product. It's, it's part of your company. So. Yeah. I, I think it's a brand. So yeah, I, I'm totally brand. fine with wearing it. So. so. If you want to get a hold of us, we are Loser Kid Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for us on the show socials, we are at Loser Kid Pinball on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Uh, we appreciate your comments and responses on there and your likes. If you want to message us, honestly, Facebook is the easiest way to do it is through Messenger. Uh, do our personal accounts because for at least with me, for some odd reason, I don't have it doesn't like to come through on my phone for the Loser Kid account. Um, uh, I, I get it, but I, you know, I usually tell you about it. So. <laughs> so other than that, you got anything else for us, Scott, before we sign off? No, it's great. Uh, again, if you're going to Expo, uh, hit us up. Uh, we're not scheduled for anything, so we're going to be walking around and having a good time. Yep. See you in, see you in two weeks. or uh, or uh, See you next week. Something like that. Yeah, I'll see you next week. So see you in Chicago. May I'll do some live streaming while we're at Expo, so you can, you can chat with us. So. All right. Go. Later. Sit down.